Oh, turn it up. Here we go. Up here with your crew, winning all some view. Everything you love stacked right in front of you. Got your icon pass, powder slash it. 50 plus destinations. Speaking of, did you get your icon pass yet, Sean? I'm on iconpass.com dropping in right now. Wow. From just $2.59 adult, everyone knows you get the best price in the spring. Yeah, that's the good stuff. Okay, done. So pass the good stuff. Yeah, it's the good stuff. Gracious God, in Jesus, your grace appears, bringing salvation to all. Help us to ponder your words of love by the light of your spirit, that we may proclaim glad tidings of peace and welcome Christ into our world. Amen. And tonight is a night of glad tidings. It is a night of proclamation. The gospel writer tells us and the angelic chorus confirmed it, that something has indeed changed. Through the birth of Christ, the prophecy made by Isaiah, the dream that he saw, that dream has become a reality. It's the reality. The kingdom of God is now bigger, wider, and more inclusive than ever before. And it became wider and more inclusive through the most particular of means, through one womb, through one Jew. You know, we like to say that we can't put God into a box, but that is exactly what happened on Christmas in Mary's womb when Jesus took on flesh. The proclamation made tonight signals that there, is a, there has been an arrival of a new order for the world. A liberator has arrived, taking up residence in the manger, trading fabrics reserved for royalty for bands of cloth, promising to bring peace and joy to all the world. The liberator's arrival comes with the angelic chorus, do not be afraid. Look, I bring news to you. Wonderful, joyous news for all people. Don't be afraid. Up until this moment, peace in first century Palestine and going back through the history of the region was ensured by the sword. And by rulers utilizing fear to maintain their own power. Fear of the other kept people in line. Follow me and I will protect you from them. And if that didn't work, there was always my sword to get you to fall in line. Because after all, I have armies and I have loyal generals. Follow me or you will be struck down. The angels are proclaiming that a new order for the world is here. An order which promises to be different from the ordering of the world by fear. Fear Fear-based peace is not wonderful or joyous news. Fear-based peace is anything but good news. Fear-based peace is just that. It's fear. The gospel reading tonight opens by naming the fear, the fearful. A decree went out from the emperor that all in the world, that's this Roman region, should be registered. This was the first registration to be taken. It's a census. 
a census to determine how much tax needed to be paid and collected. Occupying the Middle East back then and now is an expensive endeavor. And the emperor needs to know how much this occupation is going to cost him. So he can pass that expense on to the people that he's occupying. If he chose not to comply with the emperor to pay this tax and to live a peaceful life while having the Roman army marching down your streets, you would meet the power of the Roman sword even hundreds of miles away from Rome. Yet God does something unexpected in a time when the darkness of fear ruled the day. Our writer ends the passage in Luke with the good news found in the manger. The darkness of fear has been consumed by the light of the inbreaking of God's justice and mercy in the form of a child. This holy moment is pregnant with the joyous life of Christ, and it is signaling that a new time has arrived, a proclamation for the world, alerting that those who are maintaining power through fear and violence, their time is limited. Now is the time for divine action. God has been on the move throughout the history of creation. Present with creation through God's own spirit and speaking to creation through the prophets. But tonight, God is on the move in this one donkey town through the birth of a child born to parents from meager means. There's no royal decrees delivered or celebratory shouts from the empire. The divine action is inaugurated by a quiet birth. Quiet, not in the sense that childbirth is a silent act. Rather quiet, because it lacks any celebratory fanfare. Even without the fanfare being experienced around the world tonight... This moment of God entering into the world in the form of a child was and is a pivotal moment in the story of all of creation. And it's just the opening act. Tonight's act of divine action is the turning point of all history. And it will ultimately lead us towards the cross and an empty grave. The announcement of what what took place signals how this change in order and how this new time is different from other changes in political and religious power. The only parade is the journey that Mary and Joseph made from Nazareth to Bethlehem. There are no ceremonies. There's no white smoke coming out of the chimney on top of a chapel signaling that something has happened. Until this moment... There were less than five people who knew what was going on. Mary, Joseph, Zechariah, and Elizabeth. And none of them held any kind of position of power. When Christ was born, no notifications were sent to Rome or Jerusalem, the political and religious capitals of the region. Instead, an angelic proclamation was made to a group of people who lacked money, power, and access to the religious life of their community. 
a group of people whom it seems had forgotten or just given up on the promise that was made by God to Israel. A promise that was made to them before it was made to anybody else. Shepherds are the original recipients of God's promise to Israel. Through Abraham, a shepherd, God promised to bless the entire world. Moses, who led the Israelites to freedom through the sea, before he did that, he was a shepherd. David, to whom and through whom God promised a kingdom, began as a shepherd. After the child's mother and adoptive father, this is who God chose to reveal the incarnation. The social location of the incarnation is a great reversal within human history. God bypassed Rome. God bypassed Jerusalem. God bypassed every seat of power. In true form to the God we read about in the Hebrew Bible, God chose to make this grand proclamation to the people who it had been promised to, to begin with. The one who would change the world first revealed the good news to those originally promised to be the bearers of this promise. We prefer to have those who forgot this promise that is to come to stay quiet, staying where they are on the margins. We prefer those living on the margins to remain Conspicuous, inconspicuous, out of sight, not drawing attention to the darkness that we ourselves are living in. But that is where God chose to go. Pastor and author Nadia Bowles Weber, in her book, Accidental Saints, she wrote that God did not enter the world of our nostalgic, silent night, snow-blanketed, peace-on-earth, suspended-of-reality Christmas. God slipped into the vulnerability of skin and entered our violent and disturbing world. God entered into our darkness in the form of a vulnerable child. The wonderful and joyous news announced by the angels was then and is today for all people. All people, regardless of forgotten covenants, all people, regardless of how dark the curse of sin has become, all of creation can praise this moment. The people in Rome, the people in Jerusalem, the people living in the fields. The wonderful and joyous news announced to the people living in the darkness created by the shadows of those sitting in the seats of power maintained by fear. The wonderful and joyous news was announced to people living in the darkness created by the shadow of sin. The reality of what happened in Emmanuel trading the clothing for royalty, for bands of cloth and laying in a manger is found in those who had forgotten or ignored the promise made by God. The good news changes the reality for all people and invites all of creation to enter into grace, regardless of what the powerful say, regardless of what the darkness of sin says. The unremarkable yet particular manner in which this story begins matches the unremarkable yet particular way our story will end. 
Jesus dies just as he entered into our world, naked and anonymous with a sign ever bit as incongruous as the message delivered to those unskilled holders of the original covenant, king of the Jews. The same power hurting Israel to be counted to pay the check for their occupation is the same power that will put Christ to death and put the seal of Caesar on the tomb. Three days later, the unremarkable becomes overwhelming and even more particular when the tomb is empty. Jesus ascends to the Father where the carols of joy continue and Mary's song is finally realized. It's a leap of faith. It's on us who insist on gathering around the table and breaking bread and sharing wine on nights like tonight and week after week. To live as though Christ truly is king, that we believe what we are saying, living as though the baby in the manger really did create a new ordering of the world. The shepherds look meek and they are. But we don't look to them on nights like tonight because of their meekness. We look to them and we believe because the one born to Mary is now with the carols we sing. And the sign above his cross names him to be the king of all creation. Amen.